You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I am Jesper. And I am Autumn. This is episode 76 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. And as authors, we want the reader to like and root for the protagonist. (laughs) Because when the last page is turned, the reader needs to wish that it wasn't over. However, it can be mighty hard to understand how one should create a character who is likable, competent, realistic, and well-rounded. So... Autumn and I will try to share our thoughts on this topic today. Yes, I've been looking forward to this topic all week. I emailed you earlier <laughs> that every time I was thinking about it, I had Bonnie Tyler's I Need a Hero going yeah. through my, <laughs> my head. Uh, so it's been quite a fun and I can't wait to get to it. It, it became almost like... Um, I felt like I was filling out a dating list form of the, my ideal mate. So... <laughs> <laughs> I think we had, uh, I think we came up with some interesting tips that I hope will help out other readers. But until we get there, how are things on your side of the great ocean Atlantic? Well, it's it's pretty good. Um, They've slowly started starting to open things up now. So my youngest son is actually very happy because he's (laughs) gonna he he gets to go to soccer practice uh, two days from now. Yes, he's quite the soccer player. Oh, he loves it. I, I think, to be honest, I think that boy probably loves soccer more than more than his dad. Actually. Oh, wow! And you're a referee, so that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, he likes it a lot. So, but it's funny. We'll see how much he's gonna enjoy the soccer practice. To be honest, because there's so many restrictions on it uh, that they have to follow. You know, they're only allowed to train in fixed groups, and they can only do like specific set pieces and. There's no matches and you cannot head the ball. You cannot like, you know, use your chest to, to stop the ball or any, I mean, there's just so many rules that they have to follow in order to be allowed to play. So um, we'll see if he actually enjoys it or not. I don't know. Once (laughs) he gets frustrated. Yeah, I I don't know. But, uh, but they did, they did write out all these, an email with all these rules. And then they basically asked all the parents, uh, you know, can you please let us know if you're even interested in this way of uh, practicing or not? And then I went to my youngest son and I said, okay, so this is how it's going to work. And I sort of laid it out to him and say, so do you want to, do you want to go to practice if this is the way it's going to be? And he looked at me for a second, like I could see like the cockwheels in his head turning, like, what is he asking? I mean, it was like he didn't he, for a while that he didn't comprehend what why I was asking if he wanted to go to practice. He was just like, and he looked at me like for a while, and then he said, "Yes." <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> the answer to any part of this involve it boils down to I'm going to practice, right? <laughs> now you yes, just care exactly. about the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was all, also almost like he was expecting me to say something else or something like, uh-huh. you know, what what are you on about? What do you mean? What is the question here? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope he enjoys it. That's great that things are returning to some semblance of a new normal for you guys. Yeah, well, we'll see, right? Because now we've been in lockdown mode for for a long while now. And um, once we start opening up again, 
obviously we don't know what the effect is going to be, right? right. I mean, worst case, you could go back to lockdown, but yes. but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Well, fingers crossed, it'll go well. You're ahead of us, so you're our experimental country to see how you do. <laughs> you're the guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but how how is things on your side then? Oh, pretty good. I I actually planted my garden, which is a little. We'll be releasing this later, but for now, it's um sort of early before the official last frost date of May. But I figure between climate change and the 10 day forecast, I'm good. And plus, I mean, I live in this tiny cabin and I actually brought my tomato seedlings and some sweet pepper seedlings out to my cabin just to make room, you know, where they're growing. And I'm sorry, when you're sharing like 200 square feet with seedlings, a dog and a husband, (laughs) <laughs> something has got to go outside so it was the seedlings and what was fun is i i was getting so impatient i was waiting for someone to lend us a tiller but it wasn't coming it was broken and i finally just went and actually hand dug like a 10 by no it's maybe it's an 8 by 12 garden spot um and well i am not 20 anymore i do not recommend hand digging a garden <laughs> <laughs> but I got a lot of energy out over a course of two days. And then the next day I planted my little garden and they're outside. They're doing well. They're surviving. Nothing's eaten it yet. And I actually harvested some lettuce from some stuff I had in cold frames. So I, as much as I did 16 years of sustainable agriculture, I I actually joined CSAs. I never really had time to garden. And my mother has this huge green thumb. And so is my dad. My, both my parents are master gardeners. Wow. <laughs> I was, you know, like, buying seedlings or buying vegetables from farms so now i'm like i Mm -hmm. have a garden (laughs) it's kind of fun it's a lot of work but it's fun yeah it's uh, people have very different views on god i mean i hate it you know (laughs) i i i like going out into the garden and i like to sit there in the summer but i do not like to do any gardening work and the problem (laughs) is you can't have a garden without doing gardening work so well, you yeah, can, but you I, need a lot more money to hire the gardener. So we'll yeah. work on that. Remember, I yeah. did share with you, I had a dream where we lent someone $20 million for startup costs for their business. So we <laughs> yeah, will that get was so funny. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, it was like, uh, I don't know, maybe two years ago or something. I did hire a gardener oh. because I just felt like I am not going to do that. I, I don't I don't like it. Um, <laughs> and then, but... I couldn't afford like a gardening company to do it because then it's very expensive, oh, right? Sure. If you have to pay them a monthly fee and all this. So I found this uh, basically like probably a, a retired guy. Uh-huh. I think he's retired at least, but he d- sort of uh, just had his own little company doing some gardening work and all that. So I hired him and he was doing gardening work. And it was like, so half the time he was doing a pretty good job. Half the time it was not that good. Ooh. And then I also had to constantly... You know, okay, so it went like this. So in the beginning when I hired him, I said, okay, so you can spend, I, I don't I don't remember the actual money anymore now, at the value of it, but it was something like six, hour, six hours a month or something. Uh-huh. I, I can't remember, something like that. So I said, if there's something to do for six hours, you can just do it. Uh, if there is less to do, then of course you just do less. And then I'll pay you pay you every month. Uh, up to a maximum of this amount of hours per month mm-hmm. and then i said and i don't really want to go around my garden and figuring out what needs to be done and give you task lists and stuff i would rather you just figure it out you know just just you can see what needs to be done right and you just do it 
You don't need to check with me. You know how many hours you can spend, so just do it. Right. And he was like, yeah, that's fine. And it ended up like I had to go and check everything all the time and say, well, have you done this? Could you do this? Can you do that? And it annoyed me so much in the end that I just stopped it because it's like, this is not what I wanted, right? I, I just want to pay somebody and they take care of it and I don't even have to think about it. Aww. And that's not what he did. Oh, well. <laughs> so that annoyed me in the end. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll get to a better gardener eventually. Maybe. Who knows? A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. So we have something pretty exciting to mention here. Oh, yes. So, Jay Thorne, a friend of our show, a fellow author, a certified story grid editor, and a host of several different podcasts, actually. He's <laughs> offering some free help to anyone who feels like their scenes just isn't good enough. And maybe if you are struggling to understand what's wrong with your scenes, then he is going to help you out. Because as we've talked about so many times here on the Am Writing Fantasy podcast, Writing is a skill, so it can be learned. And I am happy to vouch for Jay Thorns uh, and say that he's a really good teacher. He has worked with hundreds of authors on thousands of scenes, so he knows his stuff. And what he is offering is something he calls Supercharge Your Scene. Mm. And it runs from the 15th of June to the 19th of June. So that's a, a week after you are listening to this, if you're listening to this episode when we release it. And what he will do is that he will help you decide which scene you want to write and also how to frame it with a clear purpose and adding in character motivation. And then each day throughout that week, he will post you a free lesson to walk you through the process of writing and revising compelling scenes. Right. This is like, it's a five-day challenge, isn't it? It is, yeah. So oh. it's basically, he gives you for a five-day challenge and everybody who completes those five days will be automatically entered into a price pool drawing. And there's going to be some really cool uh, prices in there, including one of them being a free 30-minute one-on-one consulting with Jay. Oh, so nice. I think that's pretty cool. That is really cool. There's also a mastermind tagged on the end of this free challenge. Uh, that's a pay, paid mastermind, but there's no requirement for you to go and join the mastermind. So you can easily participate in the free challenge if that's all you want to do and just leave it at that. That's uh, no problem at all. Yes. I mean, I just did um, a AMS ads challenge, a five-day challenge with Brian Cohen. And there's so much fun. Now, I mean, I'm totally addicted and we're going to have to do one. I actually forgot to tell you, I've been working on a little outline for one for us. But uh-huh. <laughs> uh, there, it's so much fun. You learn things. There's a community. There's support. So, I mean, I'm not that worried about my scenes, but I'm tempted to go join Jay, to join this one just because they are so much fun. And there's always something to learn. And it's so much fun to interact with other authors. So I hope you guys go check it out as well, because it'll be great. And I'd love to see you there. Yeah, I added. A sh- uh, oh, I will add a link in the show notes here so that you can just go straight from there and check it out. But uh, of course, in full transparency, please know that it's an affiliate link. Just in case you do decide to join the mastermind afterwards, then we will get a very small kickback here on our side to the I'm Writing Fantasy Podcasts, which is quite nice and it helps out us a little too. So. 
Anyway, this thing goes live in a week from the release of this episode. So hurry up and go and join as soon as you listen, if this is something that interests you. Yes. And I've been actually being uh, a good girl and hanging out a little bit more on the Facebook group, which has been so much fun. There are <laughs> so many posts going on. Uh, someone shared a world map that reminded me of a West Wing episode, which is totally dating me because of the, those episodes. That was a show that was on ages ago, but they had one that they changed the projection of a map and flipped it upside down. And I just remember the one character going, I'm just trying to figure out where France is. And so if you're, we had a little map nerd fest going on there. So that was a ton of fun. And recently a few people have been breaking down tropes like uh, the most recent is is what is an elf i think the er, first one was what is a dragon uh jason's been posting those so shout out to some amazing folks who are on there and the great conversations and i'm sorry i took a break but it's so much fun to dive back into the am writing fantasy facebook group so you can just go to facebook and google am writing fantasy and come join us because it is so much fun and everyone is so nice and on to today's topic. So there's lots and lots of well-intended tools and techniques out there to help the writer avoid generating a flat character. But we decided to each come up with 10 traits that makes for a great protagonist, didn't we, Autumn? Yes, we did. It was, like I said, I had so much fun thinking about it. Um, I didn't actually get to just sit down to write it down to like think a day or so ago but at that point I think it took me all of five minutes because I've been thinking about it <laughs> all week I always think of uh, there's a story about Frank Lloyd Wright when he designed Falling Water and the story goes that you know he would keep telling the clients who bought Falling Water that oh I'm working on it I'm working on it and he actually didn't draw the design until they were on their way to his studio to pick it up I totally get that that is me I, I totally think about these things over and over and over and over again and then just write it down. It's perfect, right? <laughs> but I can't wait to share these because we both have 10 things. And like I said, it was hard. I wanted to come up with, I mean, I analyzed some of my favorite heroes from the books I read, the ones I've written, uh -huh. and I really thought about this for a long time. Nice. Yeah. And I think the interesting part is as well that we on purpose decided not to share <laughs> our list of 10 things with each other in advance. So I'm going to be quite curious here to see how much overlap we have or if we don't have any overlap on which traits we find important. <laughs> I am not worried. I think at least 50% of the time we will have overlap. They just might not be on the exact same order because we did order these as well. So it'll be really fun. But we agree on so much and we're writing books together and plotting things. I think we kind of have some overlap on what we think are it makes up a good hero. Yes, I think so too. Uh, I think I think definitely we will agree on the different things here. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure there's going to be a 50% overlap, but uh -huh. but let's see. Let's, let's see. see. Let's see how it goes. I, okay. I think it's quite interesting. But I don't think there's going to be much that we disagree on, though. That's true. But, uh, <laughs> That's true. But let's see. Um, and I guess we should alternate to keep things interesting here Absolutely. a bit. Do one at a time, and. Uh, and then maybe also add a bit of words about why we picked each of the oh, traits. Yeah. That, that's probably a good idea. And maybe explain what we mean by it too. So, all right, I am ready. We're going to start at number 10 and work our way to the most important. Um, yes, let's okay. do that. Okay. Let's do that. Excellent. All right. Do you want to go ahead or you want me to? 
No, go ahead. <laughs> All right. So number 10 on my list of important traits for a great hero is empathetic. I think it's important for the hero to feel for others and isn't just self-absorbed. I cannot stand reading stories where it's all about the character's needs and wants and he never thinks about anyone else who's with him. So, or her. <laughs> mm. No, I think that that's a, uh, that's a good one. It probably goes well with one of mine as well, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it you keep a count on how much overlap we have here then, because I'm out. I don't know. <laughs> well, so, all right, we'll have to tell. Okay, go for it. All right, so I will start out with uh, with one that many many authors just believe to be universal truth, Ooh. and one that must be adhered to at all costs, and that is being likable. Ah, very so, nice. Yeah, but to be honest, I'm cheating a bit here. <laughs> and maybe that's also why I don't think there's going to be 50% overlap. Because, <laughs> because after all, this is more like one that I'm almost saying that you should try to avoid rather than it being a trait to use. Right. Um, and this requires a bit of explanation, doesn't it? <laughs> Possibly, but I think, uh, I think I know what you're saying, but go for it. All right. So... I just don't want people to be too concerned with creating a likable character. Mm -hmm. um, it's much more about making sure that the protagonist fits the role of being a protagonist because th there's, there's plenty of characters out there who aren't exactly likable, but we still root for them. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Have you seen the TV series Black Sails? Oh, I've started watching it until we lost our free subscription because of the coronavirus. But yes, I got through the first series or the first it, season. Uh, Very good. Yes. I really like Black Sails, but Captain Flint, mm -hmm. he's not exactly likable. Right. He, you know, or you could say Anakin Skywalker, mm -hmm. Michael yeah. Corleone from The Godfather. I mean, these characters, they're not really, I mean, they do things that at times you would say that's not likable. <laughs> um, they're still very interesting and compelling characters. Right. So I guess my number 10 is sort of an anti-number 10. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree because I have something very similar. I thought about a way of phrasing this, but I couldn't think um, I wasn't I was trying to stay away from negative. So I have it worded slightly differently. But yes, I think we have overlap on this one, too. Ah, okay, okay. Well, yeah, it's just more like don't be too overly concerned with about I have to create a likable character mm -hmm. because as long as you give the character or the protagonist a good reason to act the way he or she does, then it's going to be a good character. Yes, I agree. So, And I actually have my version quite high on the list, so I'm not going to tell you what number, though. Oh, okay. All okay. right. So oh, it's very important wait. to me. <laughs> very important to me. All right, so number nine on my list uh, is I like a hero who's protective. So it's sort of the person that's always mm. got your back. Even if you are in the middle of a fight or a disagreement with each other, they're still going to be there to support you. So I kind of like that element that, you know, you, you trust this person. You can rely on them. I like a hero that who's reliable, I guess, would be a good way to put it. Yeah, I can see that. that that's a good one. All right, so my number nine... Um, well, we we often find a beginning of a novel where the protagonist is showing going through some kind of hardship, uh -huh. and 
I feel like a situation like that does elicit sympathy in the reader. Mm-hmm. And sympathy is important to to make sure that the reader feels sympathy for the character. But my number two is therefore kindness. Oh, that's so funny. So, yeah, because a character who for some reason are trying to help out others or yeah, help an animal that always works wonders. But, you know, kindness, even though you're going through hardship of your own, that's that just works really, really well. Yes, and I actually have the word kindness on my list. So oh. we will see this one again when we get down lower or higher. Oh, shit, we are, we are probably <laughs> above 50% already. I think we are. I think it's only, yeah, we're pretty much there. It's one out of um, one out of four. <laughs> so oh, we'll see if you're going to be right there. Yeah. Uh, be, I'm keeping track. So if you hear any typing, it's just me making little notes to, on which is which which are Jesper's and if there's any overlap between us. So <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So my number eight, I like a sense of humor. Uh, one of my characters, he is a total smartass, um, Captain Jared Rees from my post-apocalyptic series. He cracks me up. He, in the middle of an emergency situation, he comes up with a smartass response. But I also don't mind, you know, like a gentle joking, just a kind-hearted joking. And I have, of course, a couple heroes like that. So just those moments that make you laugh, even if you want to cry, even if you want to run screaming, I just like a character who has that kind of can laugh at themselves, can laugh at the situation that warms me up so much as a reader. I'm just in love with the character instantly with that. Yeah. I, I like that, but I just find it really hard to write. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I th- you've said that before. Writing, yeah. Writing humorous characters. I find that really difficult. I always feel like my own jokes are so lame, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Well. Okay. So what is it on number eight number eight yours all right so being honorable Mm -hmm. that's an easy way to put a character in a positive light yes um i'm not saying that you have the character has to be honorable all the time uh you know i think throughout all my 10 traits here it's just it's not that you have to do it for any of these for all of your characters at all times but but they're good to pick from um so being honorable, yeah, I like yeah. that one. Oh, I have something very similar. So um, I think there's a slight overlap, a different way of phrasing it on that one. So it'll be interesting. You'll, you'll hear my take on it. All right. Okay. So we're up to number seven, uh, mm-hmm. intelligent. So this is, um, I don't mean a hero who's a genius, uh, but they have, should be able to be clever or they look at things differently and they can figure ah, things shit. out. That's uh, <laughs> So, and especially, like I said, so they can see things in a way that others don't. So they just have a unique perspective, but they're definitely clever. I can't, you know, someone who's just dumb luck and about as dumb as a orc or something. I just, I don't know. I can't respect a character who makes me, like, if I'm shouting at the book every other page, going, why don't you see that? I'd rather be right. all going, oh my God, I didn't even see that. So that's mine. Okay. All right. So some overlap. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, okay, so my next one mm-hmm. is being proactive. Oh, nice. And this one is so, so, so important. And I, I yeah, actually, I know I just said a minute ago that these are more like things to pick from and not mm-hmm. that you ha- every character always have to have it. But this one, I would say 
every protagonist always, always, always have to be proactive. Every single one in every single story. Because <laughs> you do not want a protagonist who just reacts to what's happening and, and somebody, you know, somebody's coming there and telling the person, well, you probably need to do this and this now, and then they go off and do it. No, you want them to be the ones taking action. The, the protagonist is the one taking initiative and you always want to do that. So proactive. Yes. That was I, a good one. That's a good way of phrasing it. I have something very similar. So I would say there's some overlap on that one but i didn't phrase it the same way so i must be able to find one on my list that you don't have i'm, oh, I'm gonna keep trying here i let's see let me think um yeah we'll find something <laughs> i was gonna say so far it's maybe i'm stretching my thoughts on it but we'll see all right so number six on my list is kind I don't mean the not the rescue puppies type of kind, but you know that's fine too if you want to do that with for a hero. But I mean thoughtful, someone who is will do something nice just because it is a nice thing to do. So not every mm. page or every chapter, but once or twice in a book, doing an act out of sheer kindness, like leaving a loaf of bread for a beggar girl who's been shadowing her since she entered the city, uh, that will totally win my heart. And of course, then you have the beggar girl who, you know, wins the beggar girl's heart and she goes on to save the heroine later as well. So, you know, it all works out in the end. But I do like a. I like that. It's sort of like you're likable. I actually think. I, yeah, I was just about to say. Yeah, yeah. it's like it. I actually have something a little more similar to likable later, but um, uh, but definitely kind. Not like I said, it doesn't have to be this overwhelming, you know, saintly kindness. But just every once in a while, just something that shows they have a very good heart is very nice. Okay. All right, are you ready for my next one? Maybe yeah. this one you don't have on okay. your list. I, I'm waiting. All right, so a sense of justice. Oh, yeah, I've done it. Yeah, I'm not answering. I'm not saying. You'll okay, see. okay. Well, I, I think this is a good trait to use uh, when you want to show the reader the protagonist's sense of morale. Mm -hmm. So, because it's it's not that we have to agree with the character uh, and and the character's sense of justice. Mm -hmm. But it tells a lot about one's personality when you learn what a person perceives as right and wrong. So that's why I think it's a good one. Oh, it's a very excellent one. You want to know how excellent that one is? Uh, so excellent that you have it as the next one. <laughs> good guess. <laughs> my number five is sense of fairness, justice. Oh, my God. And so, and I wrote this one you down. You just think we have coordinated this stuff in <laughs> no, advance. No, we really didn't. We did not share this at all. It's so funny that they're back to back. So uh, this came from my husband once asked me the question, if you were a god, what type of god would you be? I love that question. And I chose just. I would be a just god. I really, I really like a sense of fairness. Um, I love cause and effect. If you do bad things, bad shite should happen to you. Even right. if your hero is the instrument to make the bad people stop doing bad things. So a character that can just let injustices slide just makes me want to shake them or toss the book or something. So yes, I totally am in agreement with you. We have total overlap. Uh, okay. But that is a question I'm going to have to ask you at some time. If you were a god, what type of god would you be? Knowing my Yeah, I would just... have to think a bit about it. Yes. <laughs> but I, I do like your answer, though, and your selection there about as well. Yeah. The 
God of Justice. I, I do like that one. Yes. But I would have to think a bit about it. All right. I think I would need to see a list of uh, domains. Choices. You know, and then, yeah, and then think a bit about it. Yes. Because there's probably some choices that I can't think of on top of my head that, that I would like as well. Yes, my husband's answer actually made me worried. Then I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can like you anymore. <laughs> God of death. No, wrathful. I'm like, jeez. Oh, shit. That's okay. the side of your personality I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're number five. All right. So this is actually building off the one I had before, but right. also it's an overlap with, with one of the ones you already said. All right. So this one I have named resourcefulness. Oh, so this is more like, you know, if the character has a strong sense of justice, mm -hmm. then he or she will feel responsible and also have something that he or she wants to achieve. Right. And here, I think resourcefulness is a great trait um, because it is something that many readers like. You know, we like when characters can find an ingenious way of solving a problem. And ah. that's very much. It's a few different words, but basically the same thing you said earlier. Yes, that's very true. So, uh, so I framed it more as intelligent, but to see a way a yes. way of solving things. So we had the exact yes. same kind of meaning underneath of it. That's Indeed. really funny. All right. So, well, you know, I don't think people are going to walk away with a list of 20, but they have different perspectives on some of the same words. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> That's fair enough. All right. And this one is sort of similar to one of the ones you mentioned, my number four. I phrased it uh -huh. as, um, you called it proactive, but I right. kind of called it when the going gets tough, they don't hesitate to dive in. So right. I like badass heroes that walk around with drawn swords and i like the ones that prefer never to fight as well as long as when the going gets it gets to that point where something must be done they haul ass and they go and do it i like decisive characters that will uh, you know stick to and go for their guns when the need is there so they don't have to go around swashbuckling all the time but again when something needs to be taken care of they are the ones to go and do it and they do it and they don't let the you know, they don't just sit around twiddling their thumbs waiting for someone else to fix their problems. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> you can hear the way I said that, that yeah. I have something coming up that's probably <laughs> so we, almost we, exactly the same thing that you just said. Overlap twice. It's hilarious. Yeah. All yeah. right. You're number four. All right. So that's this one is patience. Oh, nice. Um, and to be honest, I do quite like impatient characters who just doesn't know how to behave themselves in social <laughs> context. I, I really do like that. But when I thought about it and I, when I was creating this list, I always also had to settle on the fact that I think as a protagonist, I think mm -hmm. it gets tiring. Right. It works quite well with an impatient character if it's a side character. Mm -hmm. But the main character, I feel like patience is a good thing. Um, and of course, patience can be expressed in many different ways. You know, it could be like the person is just friendly to avoid a conflict or they use humor to defuse an escalating situation or something like that. So it can mean different things, but 
But I do think patience, that's that's a good thing. That is a good one. And I have to say, you won. You finally have one. I don't think I have patience. I didn't even yes. think about it. So <laughs> there you go. We have You have one totally that's different. So that's yes. awesome. All right. I'll, no. st- I'll start not making up the last three just to find something you hadn't thought about. <laughs> You'll just throw out something you don't even care about. Just yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, really, I think they should be evil. <laughs> yeah. Evil is great. <laughs> That's not fair to our listeners. No, okay, fair enough. No, they're probably laughing right now. <laughs> this is not a competition. <laughs> All right, my number three. I wonder if you have anything similar. We're getting down to the nitty gritty now. So I like mm-hmm. it when my hero f- feels like a bit of an outsider. They they never fit in quite with the general populace. So I'm never rooting for, like, if you have a hero that's the jock that everyone in the school envies and the girls are throwing themselves at his feet Mm, mm. and who also happens to be a superhero in disguise. Um, I think I described it as barf once to somebody. I like the nerd in the corner who has a few friends and also they have to happen to have the key to a like multi-dimensional portal. Yeah, that's always nice. Yeah, they have the gumption to use it and... I also think I think it just acknowledges the feeling that so many of the readers, so many of us have that we're not 100% normal because who is 100% normal? What is normal? And so heroes like that kind of take that secret thing that everyone harbors inside of them and brings it out into the light and shows that this person is amazing and valued and unique and awesome. And so I like that in my heroes when they also have that sense of, I just don't quite belong here and I'm going to find people who accept me for what I am. Hmm. I like that one, but I think that might be one more that is not overlapping. Oh, excellent. Uh, I think so. All right. All right. But this one, okay. So this is going to sound very familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) So I call this one resolve, but it's basically characters who are determined to fight to the end and oh. those are the ones that we love. Yes. Uh, so you just said it basically more or less uh, a moment ago, right? Uh, but uh, I mean, what if Frodo had given up halfway oh, to Mount Doom? Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't blame him, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it was a rough journey. Would not make for a good story. No, no. The one where someone else has to, he gives it to his son and says, this is on you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm done with this. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's very true. So yes, they no, have I to think, have follow through. Yeah, I think that's a good one. But but also, I think it's fair enough sometimes if if their resolve also comes as a result of their side characters or or their, mm. their helper. Because I mean, if Sam had not been there, I'm not sure Frodo would have made it to Mount Doom. That's true. That is very true. That goes to show a great point for why you have some of these side characters. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so final two then. Final two, we're almost there. So my number two is going to sound a little familiar. I like a hero Mm. who is not perfect. I think flaws are important. Oh, seriously? Seriously? come on. They have to be not good at something, whether it's romance, they're in denial about some hang-up, they're lost for their place in the world. (laughs) So I like surface flaws. Um, They're like, I don't know, I like food analogies if anyone read my patreon post that was out recently i like food analogies so they're um these flaws are like the seasoning in a good recipe and that just needs that little extra kick so 
that's and I think I also I I had a kind of a toss up between I also wanted to say that they were skilled but not in everything. So that's sort of the same thing. They're just mm. not perfect. They have talent, but it requires focus and work. They just not magically gifted with the kingdom, and they're a god and they're demigod and perfect. So that was my number two. And I think from your minor exclamations that we should probably bleep out <laughs> <laughs> that you have something similar. And I was, was thinking, I'm not going to comment on that right okay. now. I refuse to comment. No, That's no further comments. Fine, fine. Well, but I thought that was uh, very similar to your number ten, where they don't have to be likable because that is sort of. Sort of the same idea. They don't have to be 100% perfect or like. No comments. No okay. Comments. Well, what's your number two then? <laughs> All right. So, and I did not make this up just to be, try to find something that you don't oh, have no, on your list. It actually really? says this in my notes. So okay. I, I don't know if you don't, you don't think, Ooh. I don't think you'll have this one because okay. this is, totally this is new. weird and strange. Okay. <laughs> this is like a joker. I'm, I'm throwing in a joker. Okay. So this one, I just said, Pick something the reader didn't expect. Okay. And I don't know what that is, but <laughs> I, but the point here is just that once you have developed quite some traits for your protagonist, you already have a good idea what what the character is already. Mm-hmm. And then it's very easy to lead yourself down the path of tropes and just, yeah, and then I'll add this and I'll add that uh, because that goes with the with the knight on the white horse or whatever, right? Right. Um, And I think throwing in one trait into the mix that people just didn't expect, I think that works really well. So I I doubt you have that on your list. I don't. And I love that one, though, because you're right. That is often the little twist that is just so much fun. I, there's a comic I've saved from years ago that is a group of friends playing D&D. And I liked everything about it because it showed the characters I created all had some weird, unique thing. And the characters, the people who were playing the characters were their own unique entities. And Mm. it's exactly the same thing. It kind of, I saved it because it was like, this is not what I expected. And it was hilarious. And yes, if anyone has ever read it, it was the one where they're trying to, an ogre and um, sword swashbuckling hero are trying to fight. And all of their roles to fight roll poorly. So he ends up making a pass. <laughs> they end up almost like kissing. And so he makes a pass and rolls a 10. And it, they end up getting engaged. And that's how the war ends. And I just crack up whenever <laughs> I read it. So definitely throw in throw in the fun ones. But yeah, you win that one too. So that's two that I didn't, I didn't think yes. about that one. But it's very true. And I totally agree because that's sort of what goes to my number one, but I don't have it phrased that way and it wasn't what I was thinking when I said it. So, you want to know my number one one is? Yeah. yeah. In a way, I feel like it's cheating, but it's because we just did this whole list and we just, we've gone over, what, 18 different things. I want to see not a list of 18 different things and tropes, sort of what you just said. I don't want to see this list of things that a character should be. I want someone who feels real a fully developed Mm. character who has personality wants desires uh it it feels like someone who is not created just to fill a role in this story or to hit all the right buttons so that they you know rescue puppies and also have a flaw and have to go learn something and i want something that really feels like an authentic 
character and person, someone who's going to have, has already been through it a thousand stories and has another thousand to go through, assuming they survived the one you're writing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good one. All right. All right, you're uh, number one. And then I have to add up so, how many we had overlap. <laughs> yeah, this is probably the most important one of them all. Yeah. Are you ready? Yes. It almost pains me. I don't want to say it. <laughs> eventually, it's they, I know, but eventually we have to let other, you know, the listeners go back to their lives so they can go create an awesome hero. Yeah. A good protagonist needs flaws. <laughs> the flaws. <laughs> I it's haven't heard that because one before. It, no, exactly. It's like I put it on number one, and you had it on number two. It's just like it's again, well, too way too close. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, like you said, it's not a positive trait, uh, and I know that. But yeah. I just couldn't build a list like this without including flaws, like you said as well. Yeah. Uh, I think that's impossible. <laughs> uh, we need to balance out the positive attributes and um, also. Yes. The, also, the character arc and the growth. Yes. You know, the flaws is what makes the character arc and the growth seems impossible, and mm. that's what we want. So it will make the reader question: Can this type of person even manage to succeed in whatever they're trying to do? And I think that's how legends are made, right? I agree. I definitely agree. It's what I like about characters and. I think what makes them resonate with us. So it is so funny that we had them. Uh, we so we had two sets that were back to back. I think we. I think that's why we did not have much um, of a difficulty creating our hero for the book we're working on together. <laughs> yeah. So you said fifty percent overlap, and I uh, said yeah. less than fifty. And what did we have? Like eighty? <laughs> I think I'm counting them up. So we had twenty total. Um, one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen out of twenty. So I think we got over fifty percent. Oh yes, we did. Yes, I win. <laughs> you win. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh. Well, I think what can be concluded from these lists is how characters they must be balanced. Yes. Um they need to be Interesting enough so that readers find the characters compelling. Yet, I think also they need to be ordinary enough that they are relatable. You know, that's why Superman yes. is not a good character. No, I don't really like Superman at all. Yeah. No, but I, I think agree. this was a lot of fun, Autumn. It was a lot of fun. It really got me thinking about heroes, even in my own writing. And what I've liked about the characters, just, you know, they could be so different. But there are some essences that boil down that make a great hero. Yeah. So now that we have discussed the good heroes of your story, what about the villain? So next Monday, we'll be back with two new lists, but this time concerning the antagonist. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.